You're listening to a session of Come Celebrate, hosted by the Bay Christian Family Church. When mom was beginning to speak there earlier, and she was talking about, um, you know, Corrie Ten Boom, and she was explaining, Pastor Lee just knocked me and he said, it's amazing. We've been talking about some of these things which I'm going to touch on this, um, this morning. This morning, I am really wanting to teach Mom, I don't know how I can be like you. You know, you are so pristine and you are so like, you are so like, you know, cool, you know, with the way you talk and you do your thing, you know. I have tried it, but it doesn't work with me. Before I know it, I'm shouting, the mic is cutting, you know, and you know, I'm spitting everywhere. So, um, you know, so one day when I grow up, I'll be just like Mama, amen. Now, the Lord has been speaking to me about this for a while, and it's really something that has really been burning in my heart. When the Lord said to me last year that it was in July, we were going to a meeting, um, you know, to, um, in fact, I got an email from Pastor Art, they wanted to meet, meet up with us in Devon, so I was going to, to that meeting, and, um, you know, as I traveled there, I was driving in the car, and I had a loud voice. I thought, I can't explain it, it was like it was in me, but it was like it was outside, it was loud, you know, now I, I drive a really big vehicle. So, I mean, you have to have a noise in that car. It was really noisy, and I heard the Lord say, I have told you to preach the kingdom. I've called you to preach the kingdom. You've been preaching whatever you want to preach. You've been teaching on whatever you thought was nice and flowery and nicey-nicey. I have called you to preach my kingdom. And he said to us in July, he said to me, if you stay on this path I've called you, I will put you on international TV before the years of an hour. And listen, I was not looking for it. And the Lord did it in a supernatural way. And, you know, I mean, it's not cheap, you know, but we have not owed. We, we are in advance in our payments on t- television. Why? Because when God puts you somewhere, you know, nobody can remove you from there. Now, the Lord has really been speaking to me about, we're going to talk today about rise of the kings. That's my message, rise of the kings. But really, the next few minutes, I'm hoping that I'll be able to get to the next slide, to the slide after, you know, maybe I might just do one slide today, though I've got a few here, because of the content and some of the things that God has given me, because I really want you to get what I'm going to be talking about today. This conference really awake and enhance and eliminate and, and expand. To me, it's more about when I heard this, the Lord began to talk to me, saying, talk to my people about eliminating ideologies ideologies are really, uh, let's, let, let's plug my son. I, I haven't introduced you to my son. I've got a slide here with my son. Um, if you guys can plug it at the back, you're going to see that I've got a, um, a beautiful son. They, they, that guy, they looks, oh, my, pastor, sorry, Pastor Lee's in the house. I didn't know I'm saying my son. I don't know if anybody knows who this guy is, this child. Anybody knows this baby boy, this beautiful baby boy? He looks like me. I mean, my, you see my dad. My, da- my dad is white and I'm black. We look alike. This boy, even as mom began to speak, mommy, this is amazing, what you're talking about now. This boy here had ideas that changed the world, this boy. This boy, through his ideologies, his thinking, you see, ideologies are a system of ideas that makes you become who you are. So... As you grow up, as you see this, this, this baby boy, we just want to keep him there for a while so we can see him. This baby boy, empty as he was when he was born, but as he grew up, he began to have ideas. And as he began to have these ideas, his ideas 
became so bad that one of the reporters called him the modern, the embodiment of modern evil. This same boy that you see as cute as he is, this boy is the same boy that says, if you win, you don't have to answer. If you lose, make sure you are not there to answer. This same boy said, today, as a Christian, I believe God has called me to do his will. This same boy is one of his say. This same boy, through his ideas, he killed over 6 million Jewish people through his ideas. This same boy took millions of families, took them to Auschwitz in Germany, and there there was about 40 concentration camps, and did not feed them for days, and this boy murdered 6 million people. This cute little boy, why? Because as he grew up, he received ideas, and those ideas began to make him who he was. This same boy was so evil that when he, they tried to get him, they were, after, you know, he realized he's losing, he ran away, and some people say he escaped, some say he killed himself, he committed suicide. This is Adolf Hitler when he was a baby. His ideas destroyed many people. We can remove him now because we know who he is. <laughs> this boy... Because of his ideas, ideas are so powerful, he believed that he was what you call the Aryan race, which was this unique race of people, and he believed that he can eliminate the whole world so that he can multiply this race of people because he believed that God had called him to get rid of the Jewish people because they were in his way. Ideas. So today I come to you to propose what ideas do you have as you grew up that become a stumbling block to that which God wants to do to, through you? Because your ideas, your ideologies become a system of ideas. When the systems of ideas are fully conceived, they become a belief system, a system of belief. When they become a system of belief, even though God loves you, but if there's a system of belief, when you hear information, that information is processed through that system of belief. When it comes out on the other side of your system, it looks exactly like you. So even if God gives you a word, God gives you a prophecy, God gives you a good word, a powerful word, you can hallelujah, amen, but if you're not cautious, that belief system begins to, behind the scenes in the subconscious way, begin to work itself through you so that no matter what God says, you still don't succeed because you cannot succeed beyond your belief system. There are people today that have died and gone to hell, not because God sent them there. God doesn't send people to hell. The devil doesn't send people there either. In fact, hell is the devil's home. God said he created hell for the devil and his angels. The devil has to be there. He's got no other place to go. But he makes us think it's him sending people there. 
Oh, it's God sending people. God ain't sending nobody. It's the belief system of that individual. When they had Jesus, they filtered Jesus through their belief system and they thought he was a lie and they found themselves in hell by their own choosing. Your system can bring you poverty. Your system can give you like knowing scripture. If your belief system is not right, you will not succeed. That's why this morning I came with a mission here. My mission is that from today, many of us need to become to come to church with an eliminate button or a delete button so that whatever we believed was true, uh, whatever mama said, baba said, if that's not true, we're going to have to delete that system and restore new software so that we begin to process these things we're going to be hearing this week because these things have got the ability to change us. They've got the ability to revolutionize us in order for us to be enhanced, in order for us to become um, expanded, we are going to have to eliminate. It's going to be crucial, crucial, crucial. You know, there are many things we're doing in the background. I, don't, I won't say them here because I don't like to talk before things happen, but there are some really big things we are, we are about to do in our minds. We've got a huge stuff that we're about to move to the next level. And you know, the thing is this. I realized that the reason why the church was struggling was my belief system, you see. It was the way I thought about things, you know. I sit sometimes with men of God, pastors, even in Devon, and I talk to them. And I can hear that in their thinking, there is a system of racism in them. They don't know they have it, so they think God must grow the church, and God must change the church. But you see, God cannot do more than how you believe. Now, when you read the book of Mark, which we're not going to go there because I've got other things to touch on here. If you read Mark um, from chapter 6 from verse 1, you begin to hear Jesus, how Jesus goes. The Bible says that Jesus went to his village with his disciples. And the Bible says that when the Sabbath had come, he was in the synagogue teaching them. And as he began to teach them in the synagogue, the Bible says that the, you know, the, the, the people that were there, some Pharisees and other folks that were there, looked at Jesus and began to doubt him. And they said, isn't this dude, you know, the carpenter? Isn't, isn't this the, the son of Mary and Joseph? Isn't this the dude from Nazareth? We know where he lives. We know his address. And the Bible goes on to say that, you know, Jesus could not do many miracles there. Not would, could not. He wanted to, but he couldn't. He could not do many miracles except that he laid his hands on a few folks and he healed smelly toes and runny noses. I mean, there was nothing more he could heal there except a few folks that were healed. The Bible goes on to say that those that he laid hands on that were healed, obviously, it says most of them, they were not healed watch here, because of non-belief. You didn't catch it. Not because of non-belief. Because of unbelief. Non-belief means I don't have a belief system existing in me. Unbelief means I have a belief system is just contrary to whatever I'm hearing. Even though I had the new thing, it's been processed through the new system, and that thing at the end of it becomes unbelief. So then, as that belief begins to, 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 to in you, begins to become part of you, it begins then to, to be modified from your unbelief becomes then your ethics, and your ethic becomes your values and your standards, and your standards become your philosophy. Philosophy, in fact, is the Greek word, made of two Greek words, philo and philosophy. Philo is really means, it means love. 
Osophy means knowledge or wisdom or thinking. So when someone says philosophy, it means you are in love with your thoughts. In love with your thinking. So in other words, no matter what dead says, you are blessed. Light be, light what? You still go home and you say, can that really be true? You see, though you are hearing it, you are not awake yet because it's being processed through the, new, the, the old system. You're going to have to break the old wineskin so that you can fill the new wineskin with wine. Otherwise, the old system can't work with the new system. Very, 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 very critical. So I'm starting with that because I want us, when we hear the stuff that I'm about to talk about, that you don't say, ah, that's not how I was taught. You see, because if when we do that, we fail. For me, I believe the success, I thank God I was not indoctrinated. Really. I mean, and, and I saw what systems can do. My biological parents, my mom and dad, they never went to school. My mom never went to school. My dad, we are the first generation in the family that, that they sent to school because they began to be awakened. <laughs> and, and, and before that, they had not gone to school. They belonged to a clan of an apostolic church. And this apostolic church had read Acts 4.13. That says when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, when they saw the boldness, they perceived that these men were uneducated and ignorant men. When they saw the apostles, they perceived that they were ignorant and unlearned men. So they took that. And they said, children don't have to go to a secular school because after all, the apostles were not educated. The apostles had not learned. The only thing that they were, they were with Jesus only. So the whole, until today, that whole generation, including some of the children today, it's a whole clan of those apostolic sects that have never been to school based on a, an ideology. What are the system of ideas that is working within you? Or when you read the Bible, what do you hear? Now, therefore, the story of creation... The essence of creation is not primarily the story of mountains and valleys, oceans and deserts, planets and galaxies, or even animals, but it's the coronation of a king. I am a very, very big, 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 um, you know, follower of kings on earth. Even I look at King Charles III, and I'm really watching him like an ego watching I mean, I'm watching that guy. See what's going on with him. When he acceded the throne, it was on the 8th of September, 2022. He exceeded the throne. He's going to be coronated just now, coming in um, um, May, the 6th of May. It's going to be a Saturday. He's going to be coronated to become king. They're going to have a coronation ceremony. Right now in a place called Westminster Abbey, it's a place in England, there is a big basilica there or a big cathedral. Right now there is a, a movement of people behind the scenes. They are busy hanging beautiful lights and, and hanging beautiful chandeliers and, and they are busy doing patient carpets for the king to walk on. They are, they, are, they are eliminating those floors and putting brand new carpets and there's a beautiful array right now of flowers and installing new fountains of water for the inauguration of the king. They are not doing it so that the cathedral will be admired. They are doing that because when a king is coronated, the place has to be fit for a king. Likewise, 
when God created Adam, the hanging of the stars, the hanging of the planets, the creation of the valleys, the creation of the grass and the trees and the flowers and everything you see is not about the beauty of the earth. The creation was for the coronation of King Adam. He was here to be a king, was about to be raised, about to be coronated, King Adam. You know, we've got this idea. That's why I said if you get rid of your ideologies, because when the Lord began to teach me this, we've got this idea that. Here is Adam and Eve naked in the garden. God just created these two people to see if they can wake the garden. They are just there busy naming bugs and planting flowers. So we, we look at the artist impression when we go to, to children's church or sometimes to, to um, you know, in books and we see the artist puts them there. You see this weird looking people busy pulling a little fruit off a tree and we think maybe that is really what they, those people were. And the artist put it in a cross in such a way that even pre-fall we, we see them that they are walking, you know, <laughs> dingling, I mean, naked in the garden. I mean, like, you know, they are... Now, look, I'm a son here, so, you know, you can't, you can't say this. Now, that's the impression that we had. So the Lord said this to me. He says, when I was ready to inaugurate, to put this man and coronate him as king, this is not just a person who's running the garden. This is the king of the earth. I am making my son. The Bible says we are made in his image and his likeness. What is the likeness of God? God is king. If he's king, we are kings. Made in the likeness of kings. Genesis 1.26 says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. To be like us. To be kings just as we are. They will reign over the fish of the earth. That word reign is the way to dominate, to have dominion, to rule as a monarch rules. So let them reign over the fish of, and the birds of the sky and the livestock. So God inaugurates them on this planet and he puts them as people who are reigning with as kings who are reigning. Now, Psalms 8 from verse 4 to 6 makes it a little bit clearer for you when you read it. This is David, but this, this question is posed by an angel. He says, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. Because the angels could not understand who is this guy over there. Remember Adam, the Bible says in chapter 5 of, his, you know, of general Revelation that you know, he created he, 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 male and female, and he called their name Adam. So both of them were called Adam. Anyway, what is a man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you visited him? For you have made him a little lower than Elohim. Some of them are so angels, but this Elohim. Elohim and Elohim, and you have crowned him. So this was a crowning of a king. So now in the Garden of Eden, picture this. The angels are singing. The chandeliers, which is the planets, have been hanged. The beautiful grass, which has been laid, which is his patient carpets. The animals are singing. The horses are shouting. And here comes the man, the king of the earth, Adam. And he's not, this is not a naked man. This man is wearing like his father, God. Remember the Bible says, we have got the full, we can put on the full armor of God. Not armor that looks like God's armor. Off is the very armor God wears. 
So, so now, this man here is wearing the same garment as God because the Bible says, let them be just like us in our image. So even his dressing is like God. God did not go to Markham's or to Woolworths or to Truworths today to buy a suit to wear. He does not wear clothes. But God himself is dressed in light. So here comes King Adam. He's dressed in light. The man is glowing. He's in light. It's his coronation service. This guy is not just some guy where God says, let's see if, he's gonna, if, he's, if this, if this guy is going to be awake. Let's enhance him a bit. Let's just. No, no. This guy, when God said, when he breathed, God released himself into him. He went, and he came out. God himself came out of himself into another being. Boom, the two of them are looking at one another. He looks like God. God looks like him. I mean, they're all wearing the same outfit. Watch it. He's walking in the garden with a garment of light. He's got his garment, but he still needs to be coronated. His ring, signet ring is ready. His kingly necklace is ready. His, his, um, his um, crown is ready. He is throne is there in the garden somewhere. And, and, and here he's walking full of light. When he faces this side, the whole place just lights up. All the animals are singing. Here comes Adam in the garden. Not that wimp little flimsy guy we see on the Addison Prayer. This is a king. How do you, what makes you think that until BC 508, when a guy from a Greek um, legal, he was actually a, a lawyer, a Greek lawyer called Clastesens. Clastesens is the guy that came up with democracy in BC 508. He introduces democracy, but before that time, we can read the Bible, we hear about kings. We, 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 hear, we, we hear kings, this king did that, that king. Why is there this hierarchy of kings throughout the world? Why not democracy? Why is there not democracy in the Bible? This is, I believe this, that when um, Cain and Seth, and, those, and, and especially Cain and Abel, when those guys saw their father, they did not see a wimp little man lying between the flowers in the garden. This was a king in a robe, and they knew that the only way to rule earth is through kingship. That's why you see a lot of kings throughout, and later on you see democracy. Now, this man is crowned, he is powerful, and, and, and the day that he's crowned, he's got dominion, watch this, God does not come into the garden once to name anything, even his wife, he had to name his own wife. Because it's necessary that kings don't overlap territories, you cannot have a coexistence of thrones. So the moment he was put in power, the moment he's inaugurated, the moment he's anointed king, he now sits on the throne and God can no longer come to Adam and name the animals for Adam because there's now a king in charge. Now he brings the animal to Adam to see what Adam would call, not name, call them. He was calling them into their character. Lion! It comes upon you. I got my sound effects from daddy and my beauty from mama. He, he, he's, he's calling that elephant. It becomes that. He's calling. Why can't God just call it for him? God can't call it for him because he's no longer in charge of the earth. The man is man's job is calling the things what they are. Calling those things what they are. Calling. If, when the man fell, he began to call poor, lake, 
poverty, sickness. I don't know what I'm going to do. Inflation, the rent is going down. Everybody's losing their car. He's calling it, and by faith, he's receiving it. So unless your ideas, unless your ideologies are broken down and changed, you think you are just at the mercy of God. Hallelujah, Pater Wellington. I was just by, called by God just to worship the Lord, but yet you go into the bank and you are defeated. Why? Because you think you are just waiting to go to heaven. It's not about the rapture. It's about getting you to rule and reign on the earth. You are a king. You are called to rule and reign. I said you are called to rule and reign. It's your time to be enhanced. It's your time to awake. It's your time to expand. You are called to rule and reign. Hallelujah. You are called to reign. It's time for us to awake. So this and understand. Oh, we're just waiting for the rapture. We're just looking at the clouds. Why do you want to be there? That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Do you know Adam was in heaven before he was down here? Why did he come down? Adam was, the Bible says he created male and female, he them created. Then later on, we see in chapter 2, he makes their bodies. So Adam was sent out of space to the earth, not to take him back to heaven, for him to reign over the planet and reign over the earth. That's why people say, oh, there are so many babies dying over there. Why can't God do anything? God cannot come in and do anything anymore. He has to do it through a man. That's why you see that when countries have to have peace, they work with what you call alliances or treaties. Different countries like we do, I mean, you know, we, are, we run a firm of an accounting firm and we do a lot of tech. So we work with a lot of, sometimes we, we have to read if someone is trying to get money out of a certain country or they're trying to bring in money, we have to go and take maybe the, the constitution of Portugal or, or that the, the treaty, the text treaty of Portugal, and begin to read what Portugal says about, the, about their, their citizen who's coming into South Africa and begin to find out how we can minimize the tax burden on that client. But we do it through the treaty. But Portugal can just come here and do whatever they want after all our citizen is coming in there. They work with what you call treaties or what you call agreements or what you call contracts in your language, what you call covenants. That's why there are covenants in the Bible. The covenants is agreement between kings. It's the king of heaven saying, I don't just want to infiltrate into your space. As a king of heaven and as a king of earth, the only way we are going to work is through a contract. Therefore, God drew up a covenant with Seth a covenant with this guy, with no one, a covenant all the way down. You see God drawing covenants with people. Why? Because the king of the earth is in charge of the earth. You are king. You are not supposed to be poor. You are not supposed to be broke. You are not supposed to be sick. You are not supposed to be... Go it's an illegal thing for a heaven citizen to be whipped by the, by the enemy. Didn't you read the story of Paul? When Paul, they took him, Paul, and then the captain and the, and the chief, they found out that Paul was a citizen of Rome. Then they said, do you know that it's, it's, it's against the law to, to scourge a heaven citizen? Paul was trying to say to you that even though Paul had to pay, Paul had to pay for his citizenship. Eh? You go read your word. I mean, he was not born a Roman citizen. He paid a hefty price for his citizenship. His father was probably a wealthy guy. But he is a citizenship by being purchased. You are a citizen of heaven now by being purchased by the blood. 
And you're going to have to look the devil in the face and say, Satan, it's illegal to scourge a heaven citizen. I belong to heaven. I'm a heaven citizen. I cannot have a broke bank account. I cannot have an empty bank account. If I'm a pastor, I cannot rent no more. It's time for my own building, time for my own land. Now we're not scared. In fact, we're doing some crazy stuff up here. We now have, we've now constituted these different companies we have now in the ministry where we've got some guys have left their work, I mean, and they were, they were earning, they were on top level, some have traveled all over the world, we've brought some of these guys, all colors mixed, all colors mixed, we've brought, we have starting certain things with some of these guys, companies that are, so 60% is going to the kingdom, and 30% is, 40% is for them, we are now running, and it's not small, one of the companies we just invested, we're investing right now a million rand for what we want to do, and we want to grow and become a big supply in South Africa, but the majority of my income is now going to go into the kingdom, because we no longer have earthly mentality. We are now people that have been sent, yes, King Adam to rule and to reign. We can no longer beg people to pay land and to buy land. I decree today that this church will be built. The man will come in. Hallelujah. People's minds are going to be awakened to who they are. He said, okay, what can I give today? Let me see. What, once you got awakened to who you have become in the kingdom, let me tell you something, my friend. Your broke days are over. Because now you've been awakened. You don't have to convince people who you are. See, sometimes we make a problem trying to convince everybody. Don't try to convince people on social media. They don't even know you. But I'm telling you, sometimes in secrecy lies the strength. When you build behind the scenes and, and you do what God is calling you, if you are Joseph, everybody will see you sitting on the right hand of Pharaoh or riding on your chariot. You just need to keep on keeping on. But it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to be awakened and become everything that they're supposed to be. But you can't do it unless you delete the old system. You know, Pastor, I don't know. It's hard to make money. Money is hard. South Africa, uh, this country is going to the dogs. Uh, it's going, you know, we, people are talking. We don't know what's going to happen. This, this. So for me, instead of saying, Lord shedding, I now begin to say, look at my properties. And I look at them and I say, you are off the grid in Jesus' name. You are off the grid in Jesus' name. I'm, I'm, I'm king. I'm not speaking ESCOM. I have to speak where I want to see myself. So, so I'm decreeing, I'm awakened. This is so important because I see one of the biggest places where Christians suffer, people that love God, kingdom people, is the way they speak. You speak them for five minutes, you can locate their address. I'm talking about people, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about people sometimes that are even on a higher level in ministry. When I talk to you, I'm listening to you. I learned from dad. He talked to dad. Dad just, you know, it's the way he looks. It's like he adjusts again his eyes. And then he looks at you, you better say the truth. <laughs> they asked a Sunday school boy and they said, you know, what is the truth? He says, it's an abomination to the Lord and a present help in times of need. Please don't do that. Cease from even lies and begin to speak truth. Lie is not that you said something bad about someone else. Lie is when you speak contrary to the word. That's a lie. So if you say, I'm getting broke. When God says your needs are met, you have just lied. <laughs> See, that's a lie. So awaken means 
we are, we are going to have to adjust our ideas of confession and begin to know confession is our only way out as born-again children of God. We have to adjust that because we can keep on hearing it and we can say, preach, pastor, amen, is a powerful word. But you walk out of this door and you become your negative self again. So you wonder why it's 25 years later with 20 whatever celebrations we've been having, but there's not been a movement. Why? Because though we are hearing, we have not adjusted our ideologies, and Jesus could not do any mighty works there because of their unbelief, not because he was not powerful. So for me, when God tells me to do something, I go check myself. Adam's fall was not a fall from heaven, but rather the loss of a kingdom, the abdication of a throne, and the corrupting of a kingly bloodline. So when you hear people are being born again, I don't want you to hear, oh, souls are just going to heaven, hallelujah. Souls are on their way to heaven, amen. So many got born again. Yes, they are, they are going to go to heaven temporarily. Thank you, sir. They're going to go to heaven temporarily just to, you know, maybe to, as a holding place. I, I don't know. Please pray for me. No matter where I grow, I crack the mic. Seriously, I crack the mic everywhere. Ideology. Ideology. <laughs> who says that? Who, who, who says that? <laughs> oh, man, I mustn't preach this message again. Ideology, you know? Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, near, no. So Adam's fall was not a fall from heaven, but rather the loss of a kingdom. So when a person gets born again and you, you see them, they are here lined up. Jesus is not just getting them to heaven. They are busy coming in back to their original position as Adam on earth, and they are walking towards their throne. They are now being having their bloodline changed. It's necessary that your bloodline is traceable to your predecessors. You can't be king if your bloodline is corrupted. Doesn't matter how cute you are. Have you seen there in England there are more cuter people than King Charles III? King Charles III, you know, he's not the most handsome guy in the, in the room, you know. But the thing is that he's still king. He's got nothing to do with his looks. He's got a traceable pedigree in terms of bloodline, therefore he can be king. So the first problem we sort out, all right, I'm gonna stand still. The first problem we stand, the first problem we sort out is going to be a blood problem because kings cannot be restored unless their bloodline is traceable. There will be illegal kings. So, so first thing Jesus does is to repair your blood. Right? King Charles had to be... The first thing that made him accede to the throne was his blood was right. But the coronation was later. So Pentecost must come later because Pentecost is the coronation of the king that received the blood through the cross later. So we see in the Gospels the blood being restored and we see in the book of Acts the coronation taking place. Now the spirit has now come and we have become kings of the earth. Unless we are awakened to that and we begin to speak differently as kings our words matter. So unless we change the way we speak, the way we talk, the way we say things, I change our ideas, we stay where we are even though we hear a good message. Thank you for listening to this session of Come Celebrate. We hope you enjoyed.